The St. John's Chrismon tree is a time-honored classic, no doubt. Its origins are from a little church, Lutheran church in Danville, Virginia, where a woman named Frances Spencer envisioned Christmas trees that were made entirely of ornaments that reflected the names and the symbols of Jesus, ornaments that were made of beads and of wire. They're never sold, only given and enjoyed. Mrs. Spencer's idea took off as churches around the world began to fall in love with the idea of chrismons. Thanks to a friendship with Barbara Rufty of St. John's, the Rufty's Garden Shop in Salisbury became the chief supplier for these chrismons to churches around the world. So since 1964, they've been selling ideas and kits to people here, there, and, and everywhere. Our tree grew from that relationship. Today, there are over 500 chrismons ornaments on this tree, some of which are, are over 50 years of age. They point to a long global tradition that began in that little town of Danville and continued in this little town of Salisbury. St. John's is so very proud to be a part of that tradition. Now, I have to admit, as I look at this tree and all the beautiful ornaments on it, it's really impossible to choose a favorite chrismon. I've been here 11 years now, and I see a new chrismon every time we put up this tree. They're all stunning. But one set that I've really grown to love is one that we've taken off of the tree and we've placed on this baptismal altar. It's the, it's the chrismons of the Holy Family and of the night of Jesus' birth, the Magi, the shepherds, the Holy Family itself. It's beautiful and intricate, but what a unique way to display this manger scene with Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, shepherds and wise men, an angel. You'll notice that there are no faces on these figures, which is lovely uh, as I think about it, because, well, it allows us to see our own faces in this Christmas story. And suddenly we become the everyday shepherds who are so very curious about this newborn king. We become the magi who have traveled so far, uh, sacrificing time and resources to see the king the king of all kings. When I look into these chrismons, I find myself wrapped up in this story, which is one reason it has become, well, one of my very favorite. Pastor Laura, what is your favorite chrismon? Last week, I came into the sanctuary to take a closer look at the chrismon tree. It's one of the most beautiful, and I love taking time and exploring it every year. As Pastor Rhodes said, it is hard to have just one favorite, I'm always drawn to the beautiful flowers and roses, but this year something different caught my eye. The crucifixion of Jesus on the cross. It's strange, right? In the middle of the Christmas season, when we celebrate love come down, when we think of a sweet, precious baby with all those little baby sounds and new baby smells, to be startled back to how it ends so violently at the cross. I think of my own children or really any baby I've ever held, you dream of possibilities of what their life can mean to the world. You have high hopes of a long, happy, healthy life. You don't think that at the age of 32 or 33, it will all be over. You don't think of how it will end. So seeing Jesus on the cross is a reminder that the cross would not be possible without the incarnation. The cross, our relationship with God restored, all started with the love of the incarnation. The hope, the excitement, the little baby noises, the dirty diapers, the first steps and first words, God coming down to us as a baby. 
This Christmas is a reminder of the startling sacrifice of God for you and for me. Another Christmas that I really have loved because it appears in several different places on this tree is the Rose of Sharon, this particular Christmas. The rose is, uh, is considered the perfect flower, just as Jesus is considered the perfect gift of God to, to us and to the church. But it's also um, important to remember that Sharon is a physical location. It's a valley, one of the largest valleys in Palestine. And in that valley in the springtime and in the summertime, it's loaded with wildflowers and wild roses. So when we look at this rose, we think of the, the beauty of the rose of Sharon, the flowers of Sharon. It's also a symbol that was used by Solomon in describing the love of his life, um, who he would call the rose of Sharon. And I like that imagery because it points us to this, this bridal story, Jesus, the bridegroom, prepared for, the, for his bride, the church. And, and so as I look at this symbol, the rose of Sharon, I think of the intimacy of that relationship, the intimacy of, of our relationship with Jesus, uh, the bridegroom prepared for us, the church, the rose of Sharon.